0: back to episode 150 of miserable and reckless bringing you unfiltered opinions of sports music culture and all things the south i'm logan sitting here with morgan dustin and ryan and be sure to give us five stars and a great review on spotify and apple Podcasts. uh click the link in the bio that says uh click here to leave us a voicemail would love to hear from you and check out the website miserable-reckless.com for blog content and merch as always the good the bad and the ugly morgan start us off
1: sure i'll take it away um a couple of good things and i uh Top it off with a, a disappointing one. Um, first off, so I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to get tickets to see, uh, Pearl Jam play and the other week, um, somehow, uh, I went on to, uh, someone sent me, uh, a, a link for Fenway and Wrigley field for concert tickets being sold through the, I guess, through the MLB, uh, website for the, for the, for the baseball park. And I snagged a ticket to see Pearl Jam play at Fenway Park uh, this September. So I'm pretty stoked about that.
2: Oh
1: man! I'm currently looking at potentially maybe, if I can persuade Crystal, to go see them also at Wrigley Field in August. Ooh, do it. So... I'm half tempted to just buy the tickets and say if Crystal says she can't go, I'll find someone else to take the ticket. (laughs) So I'm trying to always ask for forgiveness, never permission. (laughs) Um, So that's my that's one of my greats. My other one is, as I told you the other week, Brody is in a uh, he started a new daycare um, last Monday. That's his past one, and uh, so far it's been light night and day difference between how he's acting at school and coming home and wanting to go to school. And between the last day care we're at and this one now, um, teacher is very encouraging with his uh, development and doing uh, a lot of things. Uh, he has to sign in his own name, like trace his name, and then sign down below it. His write out his name every morning when he gets there. And each day he's getting better and better at it. So being and being left-handed, it's not very easy, especially even when you're trying to teach him, because you're just kind of like, all right, let me let's see, if I do it this way. I'm right-handed. Let me reverse it and try and help you here. So but he's getting he's getting really good at it. So and he just he's happy to go to school. He's around a bunch of positive people, which is good. He had just a bunch of bullies at his old daycare, the kids are just picking on him. So yeah, luckily um I'm a sensible person and have enough smarts in my head to, to not do anything else about that. But Ugh. and then
3: uh it's a bad look to me. beat up preschoolers. What's that? It's, it's a bad look
4: when an old man is beating up a preschooler. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It
1: sounds <laughs> like something. It sounds like something Will Ferrell and and John C. Raleigh would do in like uh, uh, Step Brothers Two or something. Just go down to a playground and say, "What did you say?"
3: <laughs> hey, they had a. Good,
1: uh, they were asking. Us. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, and then my my disappointing would just have to be Hokies men's basketball season. Um. I'm not going to say that yet about the women's because, you know, they got their asses whooped against a lesser talented team in Notre Dame. Um, Hokies women should have won that game tonight, but they didn't. Still wearing, I think they're still holding on to a share of the ACC regular season title right now. Um, I think NC State and Syracuse have potential to, to snag a share of it if Hokies lose out. And but anyway, back to the men's basketball season. It just even if some of the games were by a small loss, they just the whole season's been disappointing in my opinion. And um, they just keep trying to hit threes left and right, and just fucking stop living this whole live by the three, die by the three crap. Um, like learn to, to get it inside and, and actually get the two points, and just move on. So I don't know where they go with this program. I really wanted Mike Young to be like someone who's there for 10, 15 years, but like part of me is starting to wonder if we've hit the ceiling with him. Like he's better than he's had and he's he's good at like, he's he's a good wholesome coach, but it's kind of like, that's great. But you know, we want to be in the NCAA tournament every year. What would you say to yeah, I saw
0: some Hokies fans throwing this out there on X the other day. Uh what would you say to bringing Buzz Williams back?
1: Uh I'd, no, he, i no, mean, because he he's not doing shit down in Texas A&M. So no, I just I I think they need to find someone if it's not gonna work out with Mike Young. You know they need to go and get a hot, young, fresh-minded um, coach who's like ready to energize the team and and start rolling. I, the hard part is is convincing. Football is one thing, but basketball is another. And it's trying to convince someone to come coach there. You know, it's Blacksburg's not exactly. I mean, it's not for everybody. It you know the closest airport's Roanoke, and it's not a big airport. Yeah, so. It's it's hard to convince some types of people to want to come play there or coach there. Great facilities. Uh, they 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 do. Everything they have is great. It's just the the location sucks.
0: Castle Coliseum is consistently, in my opinion, one of the more underrated venues in the ACC. It,
1: it is. I was going to go there next. They are one of they are one the I love the way Castle is set up. Well, it's an engineering school, so...
0: That works until big money gets in the way. In a basketball, you know, uh, that the uh, professional arena, you get duped into signing a 50-year lease. On, I'm not yeah. saying that uh, from any experience or anything. Just I, I wish I wish teams like
1: I wish teams like I wish teams like Carolina and NC State could go back to their their smaller venues that made it more, oh, yeah. you know, uh, threatening and more, you know, intense and like kind of. Scary to play there.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Reynolds Coliseum was uh, designed as to be a bigger Cameron Indoor, and Jay Billis and Hubert Davis would tell you back in the '80s it was the loudest place in the league. It's it's a shame that we play in a arena that we can't even fill up the the third deck anymore. So,
2: yeah.
1: So, but, uh, but yeah, that's my my really great things and disappointing.
2: All right, Ryan, good, bad, and the ugly.
3: Now when I make the small, small gym energy comment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: 6,500. <laughs> According um, to Courtney Banghart. Yeah, I'll, I'll coach Courtney.
4: love her stirring the pot a little bit. Um Speaking of people that stir the pot, Morgan, maybe one of you should get one of those whippersnappers like um, um, Seth Greenberg. Maybe he can uh, come back and whip you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you
4: can bring his green highlighter with him. Um, all right. So, uh, my good, bad and the ugly is because it's pretty simple. Um, I didn't plan it this way, but I guess for the 150th episode, it's cool to say that I'm in Wrightsville beach, um, live from Wrightsville beach. That's pretty cool. Sitting in the kitchen of a little beach bungalow. So we're just kind of down here hanging out for a little while. Um, so there's a couple of goods that come out of that. The first good is, uh, um, I actually had a dog for a really long time, and I got my dog down here in Wrightsville Beach. So uh, the last, I think we came down in 2022, 20, like, I think. It doesn't matter. Um, th- there's been a couple of times we've come down without a dog, but it's 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 always been a little bit weird to not have a dog in Wrightsville. Um, our, our, our dog um, passed right before the pandemic started. So now that I have a puppy and um, we've been able to bring him out and it's always been, it's been real fun to see him experience. He's been on a beach before, but it's been fun to watch and experience the beach and take him. It's kind of like the a weird circle of life thing, but to take him 20 years later, like to a lot of the places that. Or just watch him experience it for the first time the way that my dog did about twenty years ago so like taking him around the loop the loop is an area on Wrightsville beach where it's like a i don't know two and a half what is it more about two and a half miles something like that where you can walk around it's a loop and you can it's real scenic and um you get views of the coastal waterways and 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 it also runs right along the bars um that are here like on the main drag in the in the in the beach town so um He's been able to do that and, and uh we've been able to, you know, go out to the beach almost every morning and we've been able to walk through the homes and houses and of course everybody down here and their grandmother has a dog. So um, we've kinda had to keep him on a short leash because he's still got a lot of energy. But and then we got a little patio. The patio's wrong way always saying that. We have a, a, a second floor deck, a real small deck, and he likes to sit out there and look at all the chaos and cars going by and stuff like that. So I'm glad that he's enjoyed it. We we had our we had our doubts the first night because he was he was he didn't he didn't know why we uh, why we had relocated our life down here, but um, he said, in like, <laughs> nicely. So he kept like we call it meeping, but he kept like meeping at the front door, like when are we leaving, guys? Like it's it's gonna be a long trip home. So <laughs> so that was fun. Um, my bad. So I'll do like a good, bad, and a funny, I guess. My bad is, as anyone that's been to this island knows, um, anyone that's been around Wilmington and Wrightsville Beach, and if you don't, this is a public service announcement, but um, you really, 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 I cannot recommend highly enough that you should not drive drunk anywhere in this town or anywhere on this island. Um, One of the things that's really nice about being on Wrightsville Beach is that they keep everything really nice. But the other thing is there's a lot of people here and they don't always have a lot to do, and that includes the cops. (laughs) so they are always looking, uh, for a person to swerve or a, um, you know, any, any, any sort of like, uh, badness, right. Especially if you have out of state plates. Now we're a little before the the tourist season starts in earnest in April, but, um, so you, you really want to mind your P's and Q's. You do not, I would not recommend going five miles above the speed limit in all seriousness. And, um, and so it's just, it just is what it is. The reason I'm giving you that context is because me and my wife went out to a dinner at one of our favorite places uh, last night. Crazy, crazy Asian place. If, if you uh, wanna look it up, you could Google Indochine. One of the best restaurants here in town and they've got this whole pagoda thing out back, but that has nothing to do with this story. Um, I'm coming back onto the island. We stopped at a little place called Lighthouse Beer and Wine, which is one of my favorites. You may or may not have seen the stickers if you've been around. And, um, when you're coming out of lighthouse beer and wine, you want to be real careful because there's two different ways to come into and out of the parking lot. And I went out the bottom way. And the problem with that is that if you haven't been here and you're not exactly, um, uh, what am I trying to say? I was, I was, I was tired and we were just headed home and wasn't thinking it through entirely. Um, had only had two drinks or whatever at dinner and then or actually I guess I had three, so I would have been fine. But what I did is I pulled out and I went the wrong way. So I went against traffic at like, and anyone that knows where that is, it's like at the sign for like, welcome to Wrightsville beach. And everybody knows that there's always, always a cop waiting at that sign. So I literally am going against traffic in out of state plates, (laughs) the wrong way around Wrightsville beach. I have no clue what guardian angel made a cop have to take a poop. But for some reason there was no cop at that sign. I looked at my wife when we got home and I said, you have no, I busted a real quick U E, and then just went the right direction. But, um, I was like, you have no clue how lucky we are to be standing here without, I was just waiting for like, or whatever, like the lights or whatever. So that's my bad. My bad is I can't believe I've ridiculed people before for doing that, like seeing them do it. I'm like, Oh, this fucking tourist. Yep. That was me this time. So I can be a little self-aware about that and kind of laugh at that. I, I guess I've been gone a little bit too long. So, um, that was definitely my bad. And then usually we do an ugly, but instead I'll do a funny. When we were at the, uh, when we were at lighthouse, um, we were, uh, it's a very small bottle and wine shop. You can go in, you can get stuff on draft, et cetera, uh, beer and wine. And we go in and I'm kind of like poking around looking. I didn't even really go in for any wine. I'm poking around looking for like hoodies or something because they have good t-shirts and and hoodies there. Again, with that super iconic logo on it. So my wife's kind of poking around looking for a wine bottle. Um, Then she's over looking at the, you know, CBD beer. Then she's over looking at the, you know i don't know non-alcoholic cider or something it doesn't matter like she's all over the store looking for all sorts of different stuff so i'm making a little bit of small talk with the girl and i uh i grab a bottle of cold Sauvignon blanc and put it on the counter and she's like yeah you know i can hold that free or whatever and she kind of looks at me as like a younger college student she kind of like catches my eye a little bit and she's like um like do you think i should like, do you think I should help her? Cause she, you know, she's kind of walking back and forth, taking five, 10 minutes in the store. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, no, nah, she's good. And so long story short, she comes all the way around. Mind you, I've already assessed the scene and picked the bottle that I think is the one that she's probably going to enjoy drinking the most or whatever and put it on the couch. She comes over, there's, I don't know, 500 bottles to choose from in the store. And she opens the thing. This is after like 10 minutes. She pulls out the exact same bottle I've already pulled out 10 minutes prior and walks up to the counter and sets it on the counter. And the girl in the store just started dying laughing. And it was was just a really funny moment, I guess, after 10 years of being with each other, like, you know each other well enough to be able to do something like that. So it was was just funny that there was an audience for it. And the girl sitting behind the counter, I think, got a laugh out of it. So
3: that's my good, bad and funny, I guess. (laughs)
2: All right, Dustin. Good, the bad, and the ugly.
3: All right. I'm gonna in honor of the 150th episode go straight good, bad, the ugly. Good. This household. In this household, we believe. No. Um, in in this household, we do actually <laughs> listen to a lot of uh Casey Musgraves. My daughter in particular loves her. <clears throat> and so she's on quite a bit. I bring that up to say she has a new album coming out. Keep Her Well on March 15th. Uh, so a couple weeks. She put out new, uh, another song today. She's like dropping a few of them ahead of that. Um, there's a tour coming if you're interested. She starts over in Europe and works her way back uh, this way. Um, So check it out if you haven't. Um, we play her music a lot. Our, our kid likes it. We like it too, but our kid you know, really likes her a lot. Bad. I was doing something for work today and I saw uh McMillan the the with the word McMillan and I was like it made me think about Wilmington with Angle being down there and all that and I was like, huh, I wonder what they're I, I lived on North McMillan Avenue for a while. I was like, I wonder how that place is doing.
2: <clears throat>
3: and so I like looked it up where I used to live and one i usually just go and look and i'm like how much are they charging for this stuff these days first of all outrageous i've lived in that dump like i know that it's a robbery what's going on right there right now in the same layout that i was in it's basically double what i paid and if you're if you have fun with the um inflation calculator that uh That'll tell you that that's not actually how much it should cost if it were tracking inflation, but anyway, and then I was looking through the reviews, and they're just nasty. like they they're so, so many angry people, and they're trying to be like, "Oh, like so nice in the replies of being like, "Oh, contact us." And one of the ones I was laughing about was the person was complaining about not being able to reach them. About how their emails go unanswered, and they went to the office four different times, like on the same day, and they weren't open. And it's whole had this whole thing, (laughs) and they responded, but like, oh, please contact us with your (laughs) your issue. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, this place. I can't believe it's still going strong, but it is. Eventually, I'm sure UNCW will buy that piece of property up and turn it into something. But it's uh. It was not the nicest of places, but it was cheap uh, When I left there, I think I was spending just under three hundred dollars a month on rent i mean
1: where Where was this at at that? the quads? Oh, I got you beat, man. Oh, I got <laughs> you, you know, beat what? on quality and and pricing, dude. At one point, I was living in the Glen across the street from u c w University Drive. Yep yeah two for a town now this is 2002 granted but i moved in there but uh, a townhouse townhome townhouse style apartment uh two bedroom two bathroom was 440 total Damn, a month yeah. total. <laughs> no but it was the <laughs> Glen, and that was the aside from if you decide you had balls and wanted to drive down into creekwood um at, you know, nine o'clock at night at any given time and stop at the stoplight. You're not supposed to. Um, the Glen was the next best thing as far as trash and ghetto. And it was right <laughs> across the street from UNCW, like prime real estate. If yep. they were to put something there, like, you know, massive, you know, apartments that are probably a thousand dollars a month for a studio.
2: And that's
3: crazy enough. That's what they're like charging for. stuff. I was like looking at. I, I was looking at it and at the quads and I was just like, this can't be accurate. <laughs> yeah, I know this place. Like just because you put down some luxury vinyl, uh, flooring and, um, maybe one coat of paint doesn't mean that you can charge like a whole lot more money, but they are. Right. And people are, people are paying. How much,
0: how much did you say it was now?
3: <laughs> the if you were split in a three-bedroom like i was back then you'd be spending about five not including
1: now. utilities not oh,
3: including yeah. utilities oh, well, yeah. 550 yeah. and 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 that is more than or not maybe not more than double but about double and and inflation didn't double in that time period i'm not that
2: seriously old. so
4: yeah you know what was morgan what's the name of the place
1: that you lived on racine uh, I lived at two different places. I lived at Brookstone and at the uh, Clear Run. Okay, so
4: Clear Run the same. Brookstone is now, uh, they changed their sign. They haven't changed any of the apartments, but they changed their sign. <laughs> That's all that matters. They're now, in case you guys were wondering, they're now the college students retreat.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I tried. I, cause I actually tried to rent there one last time before I moved away from Wilmington, and apparently, they don't rent them as full. Like, if you want to get the the, the kind I had was a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment. Yeah. Um, they rent it now as like each bedroom's a separate apartment. <laughs> so you could either. I, I was like, so could I just rent both bedrooms? Oh well, no, no, it's not like that. Like, it's you, you can't do that. It's like.
2: Yeah, that's you, how it was when apartment. I was in college.
1: Two bedrooms. I'd I'd like to rent both apartments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they So yeah, they the parents were trying to make it so only college kids would move in there. Yeah.
3: yeah. Here, here's how this works. I sign the document and I pay you money. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's how it
1: was when I
3: was I, in college I, at, I,
0: in my apartment. We um we you rented the individual room, not the apartment. I just had three roommates who I knew that we all signed huh? our at lease at the same time. I think my first year yeah. We paid five thirty, and then my last year, we paid seven fifty a piece, not total
1: well, but I get it they what they were trying to do is push away because when I lived there on racing drive, um you had every walks of life living on that street from grown ass man to college kids and ghetto in between, and they to pretty much trying to make it a safe area for college kids to walk to and from school, and when you got you know that prison cell looking apartment complex that I think Marvin lived in for a short period right but it's like the last apartment on the right before you get to UNCW like they like dirt dirt like the dirtest cheapest apartment you could live in Wilmington almost and I was like, how are you going to have this shithole, like being the last apartment you see before you go to the UCW or well, the first apartment <laughs> complex you actually see if you're a parent trying to find your kid a place to live? Like, hey, let's look at this. Nope. Keep going. Roll them up. <laughs> it's always it just, funny. It, go ahead, college, What was it called? It was called College Green, I think. I can't remember. Campus Edge or Campus Green.
4: Yeah, that's what I
1: thought. <laughs> and it was just yeah. bad, but like... They put it like it was. I mean, I get it. Like I said it before, UNCW trying to move to it being nothing but college kids renting on that street. Because, I mean, why should there be two college girls living in one apartment and next door is a pervert 52 year old alcoholic <laughs> who's allowed to live there too? Yeah.
3: Well, if you put it that way,
1: Morgan, I'm um, going to the full extreme here.
4: Well, that's why they put the very helpful question. On the uh, like apartment check check in list, right? It just says, "Are you a pervert?" Check yes <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: you on the registry? Yes or no. <laughs> what kind of what kind of registry? Like gift registry? Sure. <laughs> it's Like no, so not that kind of regist- registry. <laughs> so it's so Dustin. It's
4: so funny that you brought up reading the reviews, like for your good, bad, and the ugly, or whatever, because it. I never would have known that never texted you guys anything about it. You guys never would have known. I was doing the, I don't know when you were doing this, I was doing the exact same thing you're doing this morning. I was reading the, <laughs> sh- the shitty reviews of the crappy apartments that I used to live in. Cause I've driven yeah. around a little bit. I'm not going around looking at them, but like, if we drive by, I'm like, oof, that area got bad or whatever. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then I look on the reviews and I'm like, um, well, let's see what everybody thinks. And sure enough, the reviews are like, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't know if the person's okay or not, but like, at, so I don't, I'm not trying to make light of it, but in one place that I live, somebody apparently got stabbed and like, they asked the, the, uh, the, um, the apartment complex for like the security footage and the apartment complex is like, we don't have any security footage. And it was like, Whoa, like, seriously, I didn't know that. Like when I lived there and they, that wasn't like the best part of town. So like, maybe you, know, maybe you should have some <laughs> security footage. <laughs> So, I don't know, whatever, yeah, that's funny.
3: No, yeah, we were I don't know, it just kind of popped up. you go down
2: rabbit holes sometimes, and so that's sure. what I did today. um, I do have an ugly um it's
3: <laughs> this country has a problem we have a we have a just everyone wants to lock people up this week. They wanted to lock up a bunch of nerds at Wake Forest because they ran out onto the court after a basketball game, and that's what the the advocates out there were were looking for. It's like, hey, you know, you know how you solve this? You just lock them all up, round Jay them Billis. up, Gestapo style, and take them off somewhere. Put them on a maybe we can put them on a train and take them somewhere. Let's that's name what we would names. Do with it.
0: Let's name names. Jay like, Billis.
3: And it, it's it's like, wait a minute, what, what, what are you talking about? we're we're going to grab all these people all these 5 500,000 couple thousand people how many people was does it doesn't matter it's like it's insane that you're just like let's just lock everyone up and gr- and grab them all from rushing a basketball. Court.
2: You're uh, all what's that? You're
3: all detained now.
2: Yeah, you're
3: no nope, no nope. you get to stay. I'm going to put this rope up right here and I want you all to stay right there cuz you are detained. It it's just awful um and, and there there's more awfulness to the whole conversation because like the, the code all week we've had to listen to and we've talked about this is like it's one or the other right it's like either you got to let people run out and do whatever they want and and basically have assault people or you have to put an end to it and, and stop it there's no in between and so on the other side of it, there's all these, all the people who are all oh, poor little Duke complaining about rushing the floor, poor, you know, oh, I don't, basically people being like, you know, screw him because I don't like Duke. And it's like, well, it happens a lot. Actually, uh, the uh, your Raleigh friends, Ovius and Julio, um, Logan, the podcasters and former radio hosts. Uh, pointed out a stat that I thought was interesting. There was a guy who used to track court stormings for Duke in conference. He did it for like 20 years up until this season. 72% of the time when they lose, students rush the court. It's a, it's a pretty common thing, which also kind of tells you, like, if this is the first time that we're worried about someone being hurt, then, like, people don't really get hurt that often. But it's – it's just silly that they're like on one side, you're like, let's round them all up. And then on the other side, it's like, well, screw them. Fuck them. We don't care about them. It's like, well, that's not right either. And then I want to call out the nerds at Wake Forest too. Because, you know, you got all these kids who wouldn't be able to be extras in Revenge of the Nerds running around with their phones.
2: <laughs>
3: trying to trying to take the videos and pictures so that they can put them on whatever social media stuff kids are doing these days, because that's how they capture their moment. Hey, put your phone down and enjoy it. Like you just be your team, just be a top 10 team and probably barring, you know, craziness sealed the deal for you to make the tournament. You're a good basketball team. Enjoy it. Like, I don't understand. Like, why you got to run... Everybody, if you watch that thing, everybody's running around with their phones, like you're at a a concert where everybody stands and and videotapes the whole damn thing. It's like, just enjoy the moment. Okay, take a picture. But, like, don't, like, make it a whole thing. You don't have to record it. And that, like, that was annoying, too. The whole thing, this, this whole issue has been annoying all week. And it's just been like, why... The conversation around it sucks. All the people involved in it uh, should have, you know, done it different. Wake was not prepared for it. Like, it was just a whole mess. And we should just say it was a mess and move on instead of spending all this time and effort and even the Dan Patrick's of the world had to comment on it because it was such a big fucking deal. Like, come on. throw up, people. Anyway. My yeah. way of the week is everything surrounding this issue.
4: Can I add another ugly to this issue as well, which is that um, I think it's I think we should stand up and praise the medical staff for Duke
2: (laughs) who
4: who healed a three to six week injury um, in in less in in less than a week. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, I, I, I hear he's he's actually going to miss exactly zero games, even though he amputated his leg and they reattached it. So I it's one of the most talented medical teams in the world. So it's not surprising the seriousness, the seriousness of that injury that we all heard about and that, that caused you know all these kids to need to be detained and sent to a camp somewhere. I'm I'm amazed that he was able to really <laughs> come back from such an injury to miss exactly zero games.
3: Yeah. Well. I mean, we we talked about it this week. It's such a like, just a mess on all sides. It's like everybody made a mess of this, and it didn't have to be. It's just part of college sports, guys. Like you be, it, you know what? I want to be the team that people want to storm the court for. Like you want to be the team that be, when they beat you, they're that excited about because that means you're good. Like it, it, I don't want to be. Uh, the team that no one cares about like so it's a compliment that that happens so often when you lose on the road like it's just it's a such a weird world that we live in and it's like it's it's part of college athletics let people enjoy it it's not a big deal but you should On the other you know the other piece of this is the universities can have a way to manage it so that it works out well for everyone. It's like it's – but two things can be true at once, as we love to say around here.
2: <laughs> so anyway, that's my ugly. <laughs> All right. Uh, leaves me. I don't really
0: have a whole lot, but I did have one good. It was kind of cool to see. Uh, the NFL Combine was this past week, and, or I think it was, was it today maybe, but peyton wilson was taking part in that and peyton wilson uh his development from the time he stepped footed nc state the time he left has been incredible because he ran the fastest 40 time of any linebacker at the combine ran his 40 in 4.44 seconds which is uh pretty cool like that's uh, hopefully he has a good career they were the, all the comparisons you know they were saying that it, they showed all this like what he does well and like his height weight 40 time, all that stuff. And they were saying the closest comparison is Luke Keekley. Um, I could see that, but hopefully he can avoid the injury bug, but good on him for having a good combine and hopefully he gets drafted pretty high. Um, and then next is a bad that takes us is going to transition us right into the first topic. Uh, the ACC basketball schedule for next year was released with our uh, new three additions, the mighty basketball powerhouses of Cal Berkeley. Uh, the SMU Mustangs and the Stanford Cardinal, who is, their mascot is a tree. The West <laughs> Coast and the Gulf Coast joining the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, but yeah, the schedule was released. They had to retool some things now because we have eighteen teams. Uh, what is it, twenty conference games? So it, looking at, we pulled it up and like I'll just open it up for everybody else. Uh, your kind of your reactions, your thoughts on it with your permanent partners. But everybody kind of got listed with some people that they were going to have uh, as their home and away kind of situation. And then you play seven home games, seven away games. Well, I looked at States and I was like, North Carolina. Okay. That makes sense. Wake forest. Yeah. Okay. There's, ro- there's a rivalry in history there. And then our third permanent partner. Oh, it's not Duke. No, it's Cal Berkeley. So <laughs> we're going to be playing a home and away next season with the Cal golden bears. Uh, here's to 2024 college athletics. Let's make it make sense.
3: Yeah, well, didn't make sense when we added any of those schools. But anyway, everybody everybody was uh, looking for something to do because doing something was better than doing nothing. Wait, are you talking about court serving again? (laughs) Could be. Uh, Everybody's an idiot these days. That's the takeaway from all of this. Whether you're talking on TV whether you're stuck in your phone, whether you're adding schools that make no sense, you're all idiots.
0: Um, Here's a a quick sidebar that I figured ties into this court stormy thing that I think will get a chuckle out of you guys. Apparently, uh, when Wake Forest uh, on, it looks like this is Instagram, when (laughs) their March Madness and Wake Forest posted the final to the Notre Dame-Wake Forest game, where Notre Dame beat them 70-65, to Kyle Filipowski Uh, commented and said, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. (laughs) He
3: must have hurt his other knee when that happened. (laughs) 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 Well, I'll say this about weight. That probably wasn't that crazy of a thing because they're awful on the road. If you look at their record, they don't lose at home and they lose
0: all the time on the road. So anyway. So you were yeah, asking about at home this year, which is crazy. But anyways, yeah, Ryan,
4: You're asking about the schedule, right? So it looks like we were talking about this before the show. So it looks like you get at least two, uh, and you, you kind of mentioned this. So Carolina gets Duke and state. That makes sense. Tech gets Virginia and Miami. That makes sense. Historically, just rivals wise. Um, Duke gets Carolina and wake. Which is kind of interesting, but, um, uh, anyways, there's a third that kind of rotates in, like you mentioned. Yours, uh, Logan is 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 Cal, but um, ours is Pitt, and I thought that that was an interesting way to start it out because of obviously the Capel connection, um, with with uh, with Coach Capel up there at Pitt, and uh, they uh certainly get up for us, I can tell you that much. Not that not that any school doesn't get up to play Carolina yeah. for the reasons you mentioned, Dustin, about the port storming, but um, but uh, NC say, State
0: uh, doesn't because. We consistently play our worst game of the year when we play UNC as evidenced by our 27% field goal percentage in the pr- first matchup of the season. But
4: yeah. And I think you padded your stats there at the end because it was uh, uh, the shots were definitely not falling in the first
2: half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: So um, was that the game where there was like five minutes left in the game or in the first half and you guys had like six points? no no no
0: this was this past year where it was like a three-point game at the half like you guys played like shit too we just played we just said hold my beer we'll play worse
4: i was (laughs) was watching them play recently and it was like oh maybe it was the virginia it was the virginia game which makes sense because virginia never could get you know score lets anyone score but i think it was like 18 to 6 with like three minutes left in like, yeah
0: yeah that was this last weekend uh unc virginia i watched that game
4: But anyways, uh cable is an interesting uh combo for them. Um and, and and Pittsburgh
2: always is is a tough out. So that'll be that'll be interesting.
3: Yeah. Cable connection makes a lot of sense because uh Jason's on staff too. So um, and Pitts it's always kind of like just a tough team, period. Yeah. So you know, have fun with that home in a way. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, so from what I was reading, trying to read as we were talking about it earlier before we started, it says that the way they phrased it was it's your two current partners and then a rotating partner. Okay. And so what I take that to mean is there's going to be some obvious ones, right? Duke and Carolina are going to play each other home and away every year. State's probably going to play Carolina or Duke. Home and away every year. And Wake's probably going to be in that equation. Like North Carolina schools are going to have some rotation that they're going to end up on. But I take that to mean like maybe it'll swap. Maybe instead of Duke and Wake uh playing each other every year for the rest of eternity, it'll be a couple of years of that, then a couple of years of Duke and State, then a couple of years of Duke and Wake, and so on and so forth. Um I assume that's what they mean by it, the way if you read through like sort of what the um, press release and all of that said. The rotating opponent being Miami, I guess, whatever. Um, I don't really care about that one way or the other. Um, I'm going to care a lot less when we have to play Cal, Stanford, and SMU, um, except for the fact that I just, you know, it's fun to win basketball games. Um, but – the schedule is just, having this many teams is just ridiculous. It it literally needs to be half that amount to have a fun basketball schedule. And it's like, it, I don't have, I haven't like, you know, Charlie dated out. But you got 18 teams, it would almost be more fun if it was nine and nine and played home and homes. That was clearly lead to some unbalanced schedules because you would end up with teams playing really good teams and some teams playing awful teams and racking up wins but it's just the way this works it's it already sucked in the league how little you played some teams both home and away and now it's gotten worse and i think that sucks and i mean it's nothing we can do about it the league's 18 teams now but uh um, you know, unless you're going to play a league-only schedule, which I'm sure Joe and Artie would love, um, there's no way you can really
4: do anything about that. Wait. So what? What you're suggesting is that we just play each other and not play crappy teams to raise our net?
3: Or, or the, if we're really bad, then maybe that's the answer. Actually, maybe that's why we have Stanford and Cal and SMU, so we can pad our net.
0: Joe Lenardi did a long Twitter thread today trying to defend that, saying that that's actually, if you dive into the numbers, that's actually not true. It's a, a, it's a narrative being crafted by the, he didn't say this, but I knew what he meant, the ACC crowd. Mm. Well, um,
4: his best interest to, uh, to explain why his system is
2: not, or is uh, infallible. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. You know,
3: all of us can look at uh, real life and and see what's going on and what's not going on. Doesn't you don't you don't have to be um, Mr. Stats and or what do what do we call him? Miss, maybe we should call him Mr. S- Mr. Seeding, Mr. Seeds. You don't have to be real good at figuring out what number somebody should have for the tournament to understand how this is working. Um, so, you know, just saying. I am mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm dumb, I'm, but I'm also not Mr. You know, made a career out of uh, filling out brackets every day. So.
4: As Scott Van Pelt said, right, in his little, in the article you sent around earlier, uh, up to you, ACC. <laughs> if, if they schedule if they accordingly. Remember.
3: Yeah, exactly. I, you know, and that's the piece of it. It's like our other league's. I again. I think I said this last week. I don't think Big Twelve did it on purpose. I don't think they got together at the league office and said, "Hey guys, here's how we're gonna
0: mess with the net."
2: You still got I think,
0: to, even if you schedule the bad teams, you still have to beat them by what the projected point spread that the net says to be. So the thing is that it could come back to haunt you because I can tell you this from uh, being an NC State guy, we've had some pretty bad non-conference schedules that we didn't necessarily we beat them soundly but we didn't beat them at what the net said we should beat them. So it ended up hurting us double doubly. So you've just got to make sure you run the score up Steve Spurrier style on Mac Brown in
3: 1989. <laughs> there you go. So I don't know. The the schedule itself is fine. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I don't love the scheduling anyway. I thought this year, the scheduling sucked. I don't know about y'all's year but my year has been like play georgia tech play somebody else play georgia tech play Wake forest play somebody else play Wake forest it's happened like several times throughout the year it's like it's like playing like a, a series in softball or baseball it's like oh you might as well just stay the night there and play them again tomorrow because that's basically how they did the schedule it's stupid and it, they should have spread it out where like you play a team early in the year and you play a team late in the year because then you're going to be different teams when you play each other anyway they, they're
2: not good at a lot of things in the ACC yeah well as evidenced
0: by how everyone on Twitter was confused about when they made this announcement with their graphic uh, I'm glad that you actually looked into it to read it and explain it <laughs> because the ACC as we said has a lot of deficiencies in terms of uh, promoting its brand, communicating with its fans and so on and so forth. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but all right, Dustin. Yeah. Throw it back over to you.
3: Yep. Um, so something interesting called our eye that we hadn't really thought about. Um, I know I hadn't thought about talking about on this show, uh, but It really, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's something that we all may have opinions or experience with. Um, There was a book, the title of it is Thank You, Please Come Again, How Gas Stations Feed and Fuel the American South. That book was written by Kate Medley. Well, photographed. It's a photographic journey of sort of her going all over the South over about a 10-year period. And of shows how in the in the South, gas stations are a big part of um how people, you know, just eat on a daily basis, especially in smaller communities. Um <clears throat> there was another, I shared this with the guys too. There's another explanation that I thought was kind of good, and it's not related to the book. Um, but there's someone who in Virginia did a road trip sort of doing the gas station tour as well. And this kind of I think. Sums up what Southern gas stations and food are. Independent small businesses will serve food out of gas stations, and I'm not talking about Wawa or Sheets, one of our favorite topics around here. Real gas station dining is not from a chain, and this food can be locally or nationally lauded. People flock to these places to eat hamburgers just as frequently as people come out to pump gas. This horrifies my Northern raised mother. Apparently in the north, gas stations are not made for the gourmet, and they're certainly not places res- respectable people eat. Sure, they'll eat there if they're practically starving or if they're on road trips and don't feel like stopping too long to eat at a full-fledged restaurant. Food served from gas stations is somehow seen as dirty or plain old yucky. And then and then basically she went into her trip around Virginia and some of the cool places that she had at. So, you know. We can I'll I'll let y'all sort of give some perspective on this too. But I, I I'll sort of start it off with this. Logan and I actually have a personal connection to this, having a gas station that serves food. Our uh grandfather um kind of had a couple of careers in his lifetime. He was in construction for a long time and then he, he got out of that for a while. He opened up a store in our in the little small town that he was he lived in forever, and our, our dad was raised in, and that's right next door to where we grew up. And as part of the story, he eventually had a little grill there, and, and they would like, you know, super basic, you know, burgers and dogs and that kind of thing. Um, and that you know they called a community grill. People would come in, they would eat food and get gas, and buy, you know, coffee or beer or Debbie cake or whatever, and move on their way. I remember he had like a big thing of like the hoop cheese. You know the big like, will of that. Just you know all of the kinds of things you would imagine in a small town southern gas station. Um, it was probably a little bit before your time, Logan. You may not remember it as much as I do because we used to actually go there and spend a lot of time. I'm not even sure if it was still. Was little. If he was still
0: uh, had it when
3: I was born, maybe not. You might be right, but I distinctly remember it because we spent a lot of time there. We would like go and hang out basically at this <laughs> at the store. And like our granddad would be there, you know, doing his thing. There was some other family members who worked there. I mean, it was like a whole thing. And then there's people who come in and out, who you know, in the community. Um, I just it was a distinct memory of mine as a kid. And it also kind of made me be like, damn, I can't believe I never thought about this as like a part of Southern culture. But it is. Um. So you know that's a personal experience in our hometown and in my life. For y'all, you know, as you traveled and lived places and done similar things, have you seen, had a similar experience? You know, do you have similar stories that you, or you know, places you've encountered that you could share with us?
0: Yeah, I mean, tonight I had banana pudding from a barbecue restaurant that's in a Shell station. So. <laughs> So yeah, it's, yeah, it's some of my favorite banana pudding. And even when I don't go in there and get the barbecue, it's a place called chop shop. A guy named Hudson runs it. A uh, good old boy, probably in his fifties, I would say. Uh, maybe late forties at the youngest, but uh good barbecue, best vinegar sauce I've ever had um, I've, by far. Um, and their banana puddings really, really good. I think they put cinnamon in it. Kind of gives it an extra kick from some of the other banana puddings I've had. But uh, I stopped in and got some of that today after work. But, uh, but yeah, that place is really good. And it's one of those things, like you said, that if people are, don't have an affinity for getting food from a gas station or they think of it like the hot dogs on the rollers at Seven Eleven, seven 11, it's not what it is. It's a, like a legitimate restaurant that just has a grill and everything in the backside of the, of the gas station. And he has like a smoker outside, he'll smoke chicken, stuff like that. But uh, a place called chop shop, really, really good.
4: Next time I'm down there, we can go check it out because I, <clears throat> I haven't been over there. And if you're saying it's the best vinegar sauce, that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, it's definitely my favorite that I've had.
2: Um, I sent you all a message. I literally took that photo earlier today, not,
4: not remembering that we were um, talking about this tonight. And it's a perfect example of what you're talking about, Dustin. Um, and you even have it on the, on the list here in the notes. It's, uh, I, I believe... I, I actually don't know. I think the name of it is Reds something. Maybe Morgan knows. But um it's uh it's a um what am I trying to say? It's a it's a grill. I wouldn't say it's a restaurant, it's a grill and they have a, a case and they've got all their fixins and all their different stuff. Um they do breakfast in the mornings, I believe they start serving breakfast at 5 a.m. Um but it may have been six. And there's a reason why I'm uh, blanking on the time. I can explain that story in a second. But in the afternoons, they do basically um, what I would call Southern or even bordering on soul food, where it always fried chicken and then the mashed potatoes, gravy, uh, corn, um, collards for sure. Um, And then usually there's some sort of what I would call like specialty, what others may call like a delicacy, like they might have figures or, or or something that's just a little bit different or a little bit, um, definitely Southern and definitely, um, what you, what you might consider a delicacy or something like that, that somebody's really kind of perfected. That's just a little off the beaten path, but for those that are uh, either familiar and or comfortable, um, it's, it's, it's a little taste of home or a little taste of yesteryear or something like that. So, um, say, okay, great. Um, it's in a scotchman gas station so a scotchman uh for those that aren't familiar it's just a brand of gas station that i don't know actually now that i'm thinking about it have i ever seen a scotchman outside of wilmington i don't i don't know if i have do you have scotchman's in raleigh
0: there um, used to be one uh near like uh south durham street i think in Kerry. But it is—it stopped being a Scotchman probably two or three years ago. But it was a Scotchman for a long time. It was the only one I had ever seen outside of the Wilmington area.
3: Okay, I—I uh, I looked. I—I I actually looked this up to try to figure it out prior to this. Um, the Scotchman specifically, it is a brand, and it's like there's an ownership group that basically has bought up a number of different brands. That brand, I believe, is being used in some other states now, believe it or not. Um, personally, though, I've only ever seen them in southeastern North Carolina. Um, either traveling on like 17, you know, north of Wilmington or south of Wilmington, definitely in the Wilmington area. It's, but it's not a lot of places to your point. Like it seems like a it feels like And I wasn't able to get to this level of research on it. It feels like it was maybe a a localized chain that eventually got bought out and maybe is being used elsewhere now. If you
4: Google, uh, if you're so inclined and you care, you can Google uh, Scotchman Eastwood Road and the Facebook page that pops up for it. Their cover photo is a picture of the food. So you got corned beef hash. Um, a bunch of different stuff. I literally just Googled it because I was like, I wonder if there's photos or I wonder if I could tell you the name it's red something and you can see their, their selections there. Um, now why is the, why is the time when they serve breakfast important? Because if you have been, uh, drinking for a period of time in Wilmington, there's, there, this is pre cookout cookout is a 24 seven business, but, um, Pre cookout, we had to, um, as as you know, Generation X and Xennial,s we had to make do and take care of ourselves. Um, we didn't have this model lifestyle these yeah. kids
1: nowadays. We had so, drunk as fuck people putting red Baron pizzas in the oven at 2 50, 2 30 in the morning and forgetting about it.
4: Yep, you better you better not forget that the oven's on. You could burn the place down. You really got to be a responsible um, drinker and take care of yourself. So one of the ways that you would do that is you would pace yourself. Um, once the stuff started closed down or maybe you couldn't drive, because as we mentioned earlier, you don't want to drink a drive in this town for sure. So what do you got to do? Well, you got to, you got to be smart and you got to play the game, right? And I'm pretty sure it was 5am, but you had to make it to 5am. And if you could make it to 5am, it just so happened that this wonderful little establishment on one of these Southern gas stations that we're talking about with the, with the restaurant in it was at the walking distance from the end of the street that we all already hung out on. So you would set up, you would literally set out, you know, 1130, you kind of turn and look at each other, like, you know, you're like a small military team or something going into battle. And you'd all kind of nod together and say, all right, we're getting scotchman's tonight. Everybody look after each other and and make sure we all get to the finish line. Right. (laughs) And then you go out and you do your thing and you do whatever, but you know, around 430, right. 415, everybody's really kind of starting to hit a wall and you're like, guys, 45 minutes, 45 minutes. Maybe we can, maybe we can get outside Maybe we can get, get started walking there. It's only going to take us 20 minutes, but it'll kind of get us in the spirit, get us moving a little bit. I know Morgan's made those trips more than a few times. And usually you could get about a crowd of about five or six people. And when you, uh, when you hit the door at like five Oh two, And they were still like putting the trays out or whatever. And you get eggs and the biscuits. And it was, it was, it was so worthwhile. It was so worthwhile.
1: Always, always smart to walk there, though. Don't, don't drive because we had one incident and we're not going to name names, keep people out of, you know, the news for that. But one, one particular friend of ours decided she wanted to drive us down there. And um, at the end of Charter, which ran parallel to Hillsdale, at the end of it, right at Eastwood, there's like a little business, a little, little drive-through parking lot to get you over to the other side to Hillsdale and into the Scotchman gas station. We pull in there, and it's a wide, like, parking lot. Like, you'd have to be a moron to do what somebody would do. And she pulled in there and decided to hit a tree, a little, like, like, landscaping <laughs> tree that sits, like, in between, like, two parking spots. That's beside the sidewalk to walk in. Like she, she had like a good like twenty foot gap to drive through, and she managed to hit this tree. what's the sad part was it was me. I I don't don't know. I shouldn't name names who was in the car. I know angle was there with me, and Birch was there, and I think um, the other friend that starts with the the name R and. I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, in the car.
4: I was walking I, behind you guys because oh. I thought she was too drunk. And then I saw yeah. three from the front. yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, we get out and she's upset about it. And Bert and someone else is trying to calm her down. And me and the other friend whose name starts with R are like ah, oh shit. And then he, he decides to just like turn and like walk towards the gas station. She's like,
2: oh, oh big ol' son. All
1: right, see you later. <laughs> Like if you're <laughs> like, like, you might want to check and see if like your our friend is okay or her car's okay. I'm at Scotchman. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm coming with you. She's okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the other guy's got it. Yeah. Yeah. The end of that story is she oh. left her. She left her car there because she was worried she's going to get a DUI, and rightfully so. And she left it like. Like hanging out, like right next to the tree she hit, and like the tree's all like toppled over, and there's a huge dent in her car. But Drunk Logic was like, "Hey, well, at least if I'm not in the car, I won't get a DUI," which is smart. But it's also pretty clear who hit
1: the tree. Like, at least go park it somewhere else. Or... <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that was that neighborhood was just too much fun. Yeah,
3: that place is worth it. Staying up was was worth it for the food really good southern authentic food yeah and so looking at it you know what what do y'all think makes this you know what makes it like the true southern gas station what makes it unique because i mean i'm sitting here looking at the food i'm like yeah like but what do you think are the requirements for this to be like this is a southern gas station that that people eat at and like enjoy and that would be good you know they create stories like this that people sit around and tell their friends or sit around the gas station and tell each other about you remember when my friend hit the, the tree out front
2: logan you can go first if you want
0: i mean like you said the the fact that there are people that just hang out there um is kind of funny because dustin you said that you guys used to do that at at our granddad's old store, but I also see a lot of regulars at the Chop Chop that just go in there and sit down. And they walk in the the lady's name. They're a really nice lady that works in there. Her name is Patty. They're like, "Hey, Patty, how are you doing today?" I just want to come in and say hello. I already ate lunch, like things like that. Kind of the uh, southern hospitality that has become a little bit lost, um, I would say, in recent years. But there, there's some of that the the sense of community. But then also, like I, I would say that sometimes, like the food choices as well. Like with chop shop in particular, it's, it's Southern food, um, like Eastern NC style barbecue, you know, unique to the region. Uh, and then they, they have the cowboy beans, like the baked beans with hamburger meat in it, mac and cheese, things like that, the banana, banana pudding. I think some of that, uh, definitely kind of like helps contribute to the southernality, if you will, of a, uh, local, restaurant that happens to be in a gas station because like you said it's not really gas station food
2: the only the only thing that i would add to that from the community right
4: um because for example people may listen to this and say like well, what is that why does why doesn't a barbershop work for example or Why Or does isn't like a library it just sounds like if it's community what makes it southern i i, I think you hit the uh head on the nail with the with the food the food selections themselves um it's it's not that you can't eat fried chicken in buffalo new york it's that there's a there's a way that it's it's been handed down and there's been a way that they've been doing it for years and years and years i think to me um i mean i, I watch every episode of true south that, that there is which is that tv show where Roy thompson and john t edge traveling around the south um, going to different restaurants and trying out different uh, cultural spots and towns and things like that. But this would fit right in with, I could totally see them doing an episode on gas station food or gas station stores or something like that. And they have covered many of those establishments. I think in the, I think could be wrong. I think in the first episode, they go to a place um, in Georgia where there's guys selling food out of the gas station. So um I'm trying to separate it and say that a barbershop, a library, whatever, it's it the community aspect is super important, but I think what what fuses it with southernness is the hospitality and in the food choices themselves, right? You're not going to get wings necessarily. You can go to Sheets or whatever and get that. Um you're going to get something that may be a little too heavy for you to eat all the time or maybe a little too heavy if you're working out in the sun, right? So uh you, you might want to take a nap afterwards. I can tell you that um when we went to Reds, um the food was great and then all of us probably fell asleep.
2: <laughs> so,
4: <laughs> so that was partly the
3: food and partly the time, but yeah. <laughs> um but it's it's it's
4: there's a certain stick to your ribs of it. But on top of that, I think it's it's the um I don't want to get I don't want to get too much in trouble for saying this because I don't want to put us too much in the corner. But I also think that there's something to the aspect of it being a generational thing. Um, I think it's something not unlike what you're talking about with your grandfather, where it's 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 been handed down for a while, and it's 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 what somebody's been doing for you know 15 years, 20 years. Doesn't mean new people can't come in or they can't start new things or there's no room for new chefs or new ideas or anything. But I I think that there's an aspect of of that that lends it credence and authenticity.
3: Yeah, the the family piece is really cool, and that's usually if you watch like a True South or another program, the most interesting ones are the ones where it's a a family dynamic of some type. Or I, an example that's not a gas station that I can give you is in New Orleans, Willie Mae Scotch House. The lady who started it, her granddaughter eventually is taking it over. It kind of like skipped a generation, like in a sense. But her granddaughter like is running it and like want it to do exactly what you're talking about. Keep hold that mantle up. Keep that that going. Keep those recipes on people's tables, and they're able to come and try it. Be it from out of town or local or whatever. Um. It's a really, I think all of those sort of encompass what it is. Um, you know, we talked about how, you know, and it, we are talking about some larger towns, but I can especially see this in smaller towns. There's underserved towns. You know, we talked about one time how like, oh, Dollar General's like the one they need or family dollars. the one to need where like Walmart can't be. A lot of these stores do the same thing. Um, If you get out in the the more rural parts of the South, they're they're feeling a need. I know I've been out to more rural parts of Virginia, and, like, you walk in. Whenever I see, like, one of these, like, old, like, legit, like, wood store. Yeah, I do stop. And uh, it's uh, one of these, like, old country stores where it's, like, wood floors and, like, you know, a couple of ladies in the back could call you honey. And like, you know, it's like this, this whole experience, but I'm always pleased by the food, whether you're getting a BLT or you are getting fried chicken or whether you're getting a breakfast sandwich or whatever it is. I, I you know, I, maybe I'm buying a little bit the experience of it because I, maybe I miss it, but I'm also usually walk away being like, yeah, that was the right choice. Like food wise. So I, that's a little bit of it as well um do you should we uh go down the road of like should we shit on the the yuppie versions of these yeah what are what are these that you have listed so i i uh was looking up you know like oh like what are some places that serve like gas stations or whatever serve food there are some that popped up for me like within like sort of the 95 corridor. There I'm like, huh, these places are trying to basically take this idea and turn it into something that they can charge you, you know, $7 for a coffee and like, you know, do all the, do all the yuppie things that, that people expect. But then like couch it into like, oh, we're your old timing. That's what these pl- places basically <laughs> are. Um, it's not to say that I couldn't go there and be like, oh, yeah, I like it. My question to the group is like, if you basically just take the concept, uh, add avocado to your menu and then charge a lot of money for your coffees, does that make it the same? Or am I just or am I just being it doesn't sanitize it or am I just being a grumpy old man who's like being trying to hate on something uh, that is maybe in some way trying to take that concept and run with it in a in a different way.
0: I'm not going to say it's the worst thing, but it's not the same. It's a it's a poor facsimile of the real thing because it's people who are taking something that actually will, once upon a time and in some locations still is a cultural like uh a, a cultural like foothold and basically they're they're like putting on a costume and wanting to do that because they think it's it's Kits, kitschy or like cool, or like, like you said, the hipsters, because the hipsters ruin everything. Like, they want to come in yeah. with their suspenders and their handlebar mustache and then want to, <laughs> like, look at us. We have a general store. Try our barbecue. Like, I nah, did. Have you, have you
4: clicked on, look at the Battlefield Country store that you linked? First of all, Dustin, I think I found out why you like this place or know about this place because they have some sort of bluey milkshake.
3: <laughs> I, I was not aware of that actually.
4: <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm out. I if if, if that makes me a, a grumpy man who is who is uh, against progress and people you know ruining things, then fine. But th- I'm I'm just looking at their concoctions here, and this is not a place <laughs> that I would want to go.
0: Not gonna lie, like this looks pretty lame. (laughs) (laughs) You're being nicer. I was trying to be nice. (laughs) This just this looks lame, like because I when I when I see Country Store or I see like you know a barbecue restaurant and gas station, I wanted to walk in and be like this middle aged dude like Hudson, where he's like, "What's up, man?" and then he tells you a joke that's a little like you know off color that you probably can't say on the internet. Cause that's, that's what happens <laughs> when you walk in there and talk to <laughs> Hudson.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well,
3: From, uh, I I would venture to say many of the places that we would say fit the bill also don't have websites.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and if they do, it's like, it looks like it was built in 2003. Yeah. It's usually a Facebook
3: page. Yeah, It's like someone is like, Oh, you know what we'll do? We'll just do a Facebook page. It'll be fine.
4: So, the other one that you put on here, and I don't want to like trash the businesses, but the other one that you put on here is selling Neapolitan gourmet handcrafted nightingale ice cream sandwiches and yeah, have an espresso beverage. I I don't, oh man, this, this, it it looks a little time. You walk in, they've got it also just looks like a gas station. The one that really cracked me up the first one was that they were selling they said uh something on their website about like look at our, uh, our gourmet candies and it was literally just gummy bears. I'm like that's not gourmet. <laughs> yeah. You're just selling gummy bears. I can get like, that uh, yeah. But if you call it that you can charge more for
0: it. Yeah. True. yeah. It's like avocado avocado gummy bears. It's $13. <laughs> but that might even be too low these days. I don't know. allergic to avocado. But the uh yeah. I'm not going to say the names of these stores that I'm referencing here that I'm looking at, just because like Ryan said, I don't want to by any chance from our millions of listeners we get. We have ruined their business, but the reality is like this one place is in Virginia and it has a sandwich called the Texan. Like, sorry, I don't think that somebody in Northern Virginia is going to be making me an authentic Texas sandwich, so to speak, that where I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, this is just like being in Texas. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really fly.
3: Just totally it's true.
0: It's like when, it just, you see, it, when you see people from other regions do Carolina-style barbecue. Normally, it sucks.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm always a hard pass. Hot chicken, anything. I've just stopped trying it.
4: I've, I've been burned 30 times yeah. now. You're trying to eat hot chicken. At the, you know, it's like you go to... <laughs> You go exactly. You go exactly where you know it's not going to be. Uh, what I mean by that is, like, you could be at like Disney World or something at like one of like the little like food vendors, and they're like hot chicken, and I'm like, bullshit, no way. <laughs> 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 well, once you've had the the best,
3: I guess to sort of put a bow on the hating on the yuppie version of it. Once you've actually had the original and the best, you can't go to like the imitation. right Right. like so with you it's like Nashville hot chicken for all of us it's like some form of vinegar based barbecue you know we if we went to Kansas which has great barbecue we would never get the pork because we'd be like no you're not you're going to disappoint me but all your other things are going to be good and it's like yeah it's so it's it's one of those things where you got to kind of know like hey I've had the best I just can't Mess around with all the rest of this anymore because I'm just gonna forever be angry and disappointed every time I I try
4: Which incidentally, you can get the burnt ends right at a gas station,
3: <laughs> or at least yeah. Of- and I I did want to bring this up. Like, uh, three of us at least have been to Joe's Kansas City, formerly Oklahoma Joe's, and. Kansas city. It's a barbecue place that started, or, you know, we may get corrected on a voicemail on this, but I know, I believe it started in a gas station and it still is an operating gas station, but the primary part of the business these days is people come there to eat barbecue. And it is some of the best that I've had, like their burn-ins and everything else are top notch. And I think the first or second time that we went there, we had to wait in line and we were just like, worth it. Tony Bourdain's on the wall. He had talked about how it's one of his favorite places that he had eaten. I believe that's a quote either up on the wall there or that we found later. But Engel, Morgan, we both all went there and had their food. And, you know, so, that wow. isn't like old-timey country store stuff, but it's still yeah. legit. Like somebody started a barbecue restaurant in a gas station yeah. and it took off. And it was phenomenal.
1: I mean, yeah, like you said, like Anthony Bourdain put it as, like, what, number 13 on the top 25 places to eat before you die?
3: Something like that, yeah. It was, it was an impressive thing because all of us have an appreciation for Tony Burdain. And then when we saw
0: that, we were like, damn, we really are in the right place. Similarly enough to that, if you're ever and you can get the same food, and it's good. And they, they just opened a second location in Raleigh drop the word redneck, which kind of triggered me a little bit, but the original spot called the redneck barbecue lab, it's in a gas station in Benson, North Carolina. You're ever going through there. Definitely stop in there. Uh, They've won some national awards for their barbecue and their sauces. Fantastic. Like, like I've, I've told you guys about this before. I've sent y'all pictures and I may may have mentioned on the podcast, but I love their sandwich called the fat redneck. It's a uh, sandwich that has a layer of collard greens uh, brisket, and then Eastern NC barbecue on top with their sauce. Um, very, very good sandwich. But yeah, it's just like that. It's it's a really, now in North Carolina, well-known barbecue spot that started in a gas station. The OG spot is still like in a gas station.
3: Yeah. You know what I know Benson for?
2: What's that? The horse oh, shows. Benson. Yeah.
3: They used to do a horse show down there. I had a guy I went to school with who like went down there for the horse shows every year that's that's what, when you say benson all i know is like yeah some guy i went to school with and went to
4: horse shows all the time that's all i know about benson <laughs> exit you take to go to campbell if you're dropping your sister off which you're forced to do every single time you went home with her
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> add a half hour to my trip it's
0: fine it's only seven out. yep yeah, you stop there, oh. you'll get a good barbecue. And if it's a Thursday, you can get pretty good burn ins there, too. You won't be getting any, unfortunately, if you're into this kind of thing, gourmet and handcrafted Nightingale ice cream sandwiches. But,
3: <laughs> uh, but if you're in for that, we have a place for you. We'll get <laughs> to you
4: next week. <laughs> Dustin, you do have Melbourne um, on here. Mm-hmm. I have been there and it jogged my memory about another and I'm Googling it because I'm pretty sure it's, you yep, that is a gas station too. Um, and I know we've brought it up on the podcast before, but uh, so Malvin, it, uh, I hope again, I'm saying that right, is a, uh, is a barbecue place in Virginia beach. Um, and it's funny cause uh, they, uh, there's a guy that's interviewed it and I think that this is perfect or I didn't say that right. There's a guy that's leaving a review of it. And um, and this is this is this is his first sentence. Was in the mood for barbecue while driving around Virginia Beach. We decided to stop at Malvin Brothers. It's a barbecue place that just happens to be a gas station, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect there you way. that's the perfect way that you would say it. And 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 this that that place is is the real deal on the inside. It does look like a little bit more of a storefront. And um, and when you walk inside, it's a little bit more of like the uh what I would call it, the old school um seating with like the tiles and like the, the wood sliding furniture and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you, where you can like go up to the soda counter and get your, get yourself a drink or whatever. But, um, the other one that it made me think of, uh, that I don't know if you guys have ever been to. Um, I have driven by it. I've actually never stopped because when I drove by it, um, I was on a church trip and the church bus was definitely not going to stop at a place called biscuits and porn. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah the outer banks they have good really good biscuits, and that's also a convenience or like a convenience store a gas station um and they do sell porn um but uh you can also buy gas there too if you want
3: yeah, you've mentioned that before I think both of you have mentioned that before
4: so it's just it's just a funny. Name of the store. And I just think it's hysterical that they literally just, they literally sell exactly what their sign says, which is pretty funny.
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) The funny thing is I believe the actual like gas station is not, that's not actually what it's named. It's just, we all call it that because that's what the big, the big, uh, it's catchy, but it's also like the sign says that, but that's not actually what the place is called. I can't remember what the place is called, which tells you, you know, (laughs) they should have just, they should just officially rename it because everybody else calls it the other name.
3: There you go. No need to fight it. And it's obviously clear enough in people's brains that they're not going to forget it. So you might as well embrace it.
2: Yeah.
0: Like they sell merch saying, saying that now. So it's not like it's, they just kind of put it up and try to hide from it. Like they openly embrace it.
2: Yeah.
4: I'm on their website right now. You can buy a tie-dyed shirt. that says biscuits and porn with their address. And then it says everything you need for a happy life. (laughs) (laughs) They also have uh, Bic lighters with the logo on them in case you want that. Um, And they actually have photos of the biscuits if you want to look it up. Um, I know, Logan, you've talked about it in the past. Um, But again, what makes this Southern? Well, it's not so much that it's in the Outer Banks. If you Google and look at the photos of the food, I mean, it's biscuits, it's they got um chili fried chicken um pork loin over
3: over rice um all sorts of different stuff so yeah and to to put a little bit of point on that the the original book that we talked about the thing you please can and i laid up conversation i was having today there's a lot of gas stations across the south that i wouldn't consider like southern not in the southern sense like we're qualifying there's a lot that do other uh, other styles of food other types of food someone that works with my wife was talking about today i believe it was an indian place that operates out of a gas station outside of richmond and this person was claiming like listen this is some of the best that i've ever had and it's like out of a gas station in richmond it's some family who, who you know decided like, hey, we're gonna make a go of it. We're gonna do it at this gas station, and it's like kind of taken off. Um, and that's true across a lot of different uh, types of food, and that's part of the book too. Um, we certainly focus in on the area that you know we're most familiar with and that we certainly have eaten a lot of, but you'll find it you'll find a lot of different options across the south. Um, and one of my I think my only um, bone to pick with the book was they kind of like made that maybe too fine of a point and try to turn it into a, what kind of place are you walking to story at times, Um, as opposed to just embracing the, you know, the community that you can get at any place that you stop um, to get food at, any any number of these places be it mississippi or north carolina or virginia or
2: wherever if you uh there's a lot of different um places we could go with that one of the more
4: recent um true south episodes was actually about um how indian uh food is being served out of the back of gas stations often because a lot of the long haul truckers that are uh driving across the country now of that descent so it's comfort food that works for them, especially when they're um, on the road for long hours. Um, I think the one that they went to was in Clinton, Mississippi. I know that that is a famous one. Um, it, it basically, the, the name of the restaurant is almost always something similar to Taste of India or something like that. And um, uh, there, there, uh, there's definitely um, uh, one in Irving. Texas, where I just was, um, it was right across the street. There's a lot of uh, Indian food. Actually, uh, the hotel I was staying at, for whatever it's worth, had a little strip mall um, across the street, and seven of the eight restaurants across the street were Indian food. I was like, "How wow. is this possible? They can all serve. <laughs> Do you just go to one." Yeah. But um, um, there was one in a in a Texaco, and it was fascinating because um, I walked into uh, there to get I don't know, probably gum or something, and I'm like, "Holy crap, they got a hole!" They got a whole uh like Indian restaurant working out at the back, and then to like come home a couple of weeks later and then see the episode of uh, True South. It's like okay, this is a thing. Like, like this is so. It's and it's not just um, it's not just Indians. I mean, I know this isn't the South, but if you go um, north to Minnesota, um, a lot of the gas stations up there they have a big um, Somalian uh, uh, population in that area. And a lot of the uh, gas stations up there will serve like West Af or uh, sorry like uh, African like East African food, so like very very specific to the comfort food that they wish they could find like outside of their homes. So they just kind of like make it outside of their homes, and you can still get you know, if I remember correctly, you can still get like you know an English muffin or something, right, like a breakfast sandwich or something like that. But they also have you know something like samosas or something that's just completely, you know, it's the comfort food for them that they that they want to. uh And in the case of uh, those Minnesota gas stations, that was kind of cool and kind of different for me. You certainly didn't expect that when you're filling up your rental car and you walk in and you're like, let me just get some real quick before the airport price hikes. And you're like, wow, like go ahead soup. This is crazy. You know? So
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more authentic than the, uh, yuppie fake country. store. So we got, they got that going for them. So um, yeah, I mean, I think we more or less covered it it's uh again it it's an important community piece um you see it all over you know we obviously we talked about Wilmington and Raleigh examples and other cities, but in particular in the small town south it's a it's a real meaningful community spot um it serves folks food that they otherwise wouldn't be able to or they'd have to go a long ways to get um I think it's a special part of communities. I hope it continues. You hear and see stories all the time, places that aren't able to make it as sort of population changes in the various parts of the country. Um, But it was definitely a topic that, you know, can't believe it took us 150 episodes to cover. So I had to write a book about it. Yeah, we'll do the miserable and reckless version.
0: Where we end up spending more time talking about the hipster joints that we didn't like rather than highlighting the businesses that people should stop at.
3: (laughs) The the first 70 pages will be the places we didn't like. And then we'll do five pages on places we like. (laughs) It's just the list. (laughs) (laughs) Go here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And another thing.
0: (laughs) All right. That's the show this week.
3: We'll see you next time.